What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. God's name is going on in here. What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your butt, young man. Watch it. Directed energy is such a powerful technology, it could be used to heat the ionosphere to turn weather into a weapon of war. Imagine using a flood to destroy a city or tornadoes to decimate an approaching army in the desert. The military has spent a huge amount of time on weather modification as a concept for battle environments. And if you don't believe me, stay tuned. Right here to the Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, just so you don't think that you have to go grab yourself a roll of tinfoil and start crafting a nice, beautiful little hat to plop on your head, I'm going to go straight to Wikipedia. Y'all trust Wikipedia, right? Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't either. However, this is not from a crazy quote-unquote conspiracy theorist website. According to Wikipedia, weather modification also known as weather control, is the act of intentionally manipulating or altering the weather. The most common form of weather modification is cloud seeding, which increases rain or snow, usually for the purpose of increasing the local water supply. Weather modification can also have the goal of preventing damaging weather, such as hail or hurricanes, from occurring, or of provoking damaging weather against the enemy, as a tactic of military or economic warfare. Weather modification in warfare has been banned by the United Nations under the Environmental Modification Convention. A popular belief in Northern Europe that shooting prevents hail caused many agricultural towns to fire cannons without ammunition. Veterans of the Seven Years' War, Napoleonic Wars, and the American Civil War reported that rain fell after every large battle. After their stories were collected in War and Weather, the United States Department of War in in the late 19th century, purchased $9,000 of gunpowder and explosives to detonate them in Texas. The results of the test, supervised by Robert Derenforth, 
were inconclusive. Wilhelm Reich performed cloud-busting experiments in the 1950s, the results of which are controversial and not widely accepted by mainstream science. In November 1955, Thailand initiated the Royal Rainmaking Project in response to the fact that many areas faced the problem of drought. Over 82% of Thai agricultural land relied on rainfall. Thai farmers were not able to grow crops for lack of water. The Royal Rainmaking Project debuted on July 20, 1969, when the first rainmaking attempt was made at Khao Ye National Park. Dry ice flakes were scattered over clouds. Reportedly, some rainfall resulted. In 1971, the government established the Artificial Rainmaking Research and Development Project within the Thai Ministry of Agriculture and Cooperatives. In January 2011, several newspapers and magazines, including the UK's Sunday Times and Arabian Business, reported that scientists backed by the government of Abu Dhabi, the capital of the United Arab Emirates, had created over 50 artificial rainstorms between July and August 2010 near Al Ain, a city which lies close to the country's border with Oman and is the second largest city in the Abu Dhabi Emirate. The artificial rainstorms were said to have sometimes caused hail, gales, and thunderstorms, baffling local residents. Cloud seeding is a common technique to enhance precipitation. Cloud seeding entails spraying small particles such as silver iodide onto clouds to affect their development, usually with the goal of increasing precipitation. Cloud seeding only works to the extent that there is already water vapor present in the air. Critics generally contend that claimed successes occur in conditions which were going to lead to rain anyway. It is used in a variety of drought-prone countries, including the United States, China, India, and Russia. In China, there is a perceived dependency upon it in dry regions, and there is a strong suspicion it is used to quote-unquote wash the air in dry and heavily polluted places such as Beijing. In mountainous areas of the United States, such as the Rocky Mountains and Sierra Nevada, cloud seeding has been employed since the 1950s. Reportedly, quote, China is launching the world's largest weather control machine with the ability to modify the weather in an area similar to the size of Alaska. China has never shied away from doing things on a massive scale, and this is yet another example of the Chinese government working on an unprecedented scale, end quote. China estimates it to produce up to 10 billion cubic meters of rainfall each year. For comparison, more than 30 countries get less than 10 billion cubic meters of precipitation per year. Saudi Arabia has been cloud seeding since the 2000s and aims to increase rainfall by 15 to 30 percent per year. The material used is potassium chloride, sodium chloride, magnesium, and other materials. In the first three months of 2017, the country carried out 101 cloud seeding operations, compared to 77 over the same period in 2014, according to Arabian Business, who wrote that during March last year when the country had two months of quote-unquote unusually wet weather and more rainfall was recorded in Dubai and Al Ain than when records began in 1977. Project Storm Fury was an attempt to weaken tropical cyclones by flying aircraft into storms and seeding the eyewall with silver iodide. The project was run by the United States government from 1962 to 1983. A similar project using soot was run in 1958 with inconclusive results. Various methods have been proposed to reduce the harmful effects of hurricanes. Mashi Alamoreau of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology 
technology proposed using barges with upward-pointing jet engines to trigger smaller storms to disrupt the progress of an incoming hurricane. Critics doubt the jets would be powerful enough to make any noticeable difference. Alexandre Chorin of the University of California, Berkeley, proposed dropping large amounts of environmentally friendly oils on the sea surface to prevent droplet formation. Experiments by Carrie Emanuel of MIT in 2002 suggested that hurricane-force winds would disrupt the oil slick, making it ineffective. Other scientists disputed the factual basis of the theoretical mechanism assumed by this approach. The Florida company Dynomat and its CEO Peter Cordani proposed the use of a patented product it developed called Dynogel to reduce the strength of hurricanes. The substance is a polymer in powder form, which reportedly has the ability to absorb 1,500 times its own weight in water. The theory is that the polymer is dropped into clouds to remove their moisture and force the storm to use more energy to move the heavier water drops, thus helping to dissipate the storm. When the gel reaches the ocean surface, it is reportedly dissolved. Peter Cordani teamed up with Mark Daniels and Victor Miller, the owners of a government contracting aviation firm, Aero Group, which operated ex-military aircraft commercially. Using a high-altitude B-57 bomber, Aero Group tested the substance, dropping 9,000 pounds from the B-57 aircraft's large bomb bay, dispersing it into a large thunderstorm cell just off the east coast of Florida. The tests were documented on film and made international news showing the storms were successfully removed on monitored Doppler radar. In 2003, the program was shut down because of political pressure through NOAA. Numerical simulations performed by NOAA showed, however, that it would not be a practical solution for large systems like a tropical cyclone. Hail cannons have been used by some farmers since the 19th century in an attempt to ward off hail, but there is no reliable scientific evidence to confirm their effectiveness. Another new anti-hurricane technology is a method for the reduction of tropical cyclones' destructive force, pumping seawater into and diffusing it in the wind at the bottom of such tropical cyclone in its eye wall. NOAA published a page addressing various ideas in regards to tropical cyclone manipulation. In 2007, How to Stop a Hurricane explored various ideas such as using lasers to discharge lightning in storms which are likely to become hurricanes, pouring liquid nitrogen onto the sea to deprive the hurricane of heat energy, and creating soot to absorb sunlight and change air temperature and create convection currents in the outer wall. Researchers from NOAA's Hurricane Research Division addressed hurricane control-based ideas. Later ideas include laser inversion along the same lines as laser cooling, normally used at cryogenic temperatures, but intended to cool the top one millimeter of water. If enough power was used, then it might be enough combined with computer modeling to form an interference pattern able to inhibit a hurricane or significantly reduce its strength by depriving it of heat energy. Operation Popeye was a highly classified operation run by the U.S. military in 1967 to 1972. The purpose was to prolong monsoon in Southeast Asia. The overwhelming precipitation successfully disrupted the tactical logistics of Vietnamese army. Operation Popeye is believed to be the first successful practice of weather modification technology in warfare. After it was unveiled, weather modification in warfare was banned by the Environmental Modification Convention. In Benign Weather Modification, published March 1997, Air Force Major Barry B. Coble superficially documents the existence of weather modification science, where he traces the developments that have occurred notably 
inexplicably in the hands of the Pentagon and CIA's staunchest ideological enemies. The first scientifically controlled and monitored effort generally recognized by the meteorological community as constituting weather modification occurred in 1948, when Dr. Irving Langmuir first experimented with artificially seeding clouds to produce rain. His experiments showed positive results, sparking tremendous interest in the field nearly overnight. Many countries throughout the world practice weather modification. The Russians have long been interested in using weather modification as a way to control hail. In the 1990s, a directive from the Chief of Staff of the Air Force, Ronald R. Fogelman, was issued to examine the concepts, capabilities, and technologies the United States would require to remain the dominant air and space force in the future. Weather modification, along with climate engineering, is a recurring theme in conspiracy theories. The chemtrail conspiracy theory supposes that jet contrails are chemically altered to modify the weather and other phenomena. Other theories attempt to implicate individuals such as the Rothschild family or scientific infrastructure such as the High Frequency Active Oral Research Program or HARP. What's that you say? You haven't heard of HARP? You still think everything I'm talking about really is a conspiracy theory and absolutely nothing to even concern ourselves with? Even in the midst of all of this wild and crazy and over-the-top extreme weather? Hmm. Well, I suppose everyone is entitled to their own beliefs. However, just in case you're curious exactly what belief Professor Michel Chosadovsky is entitled to, from Global Research, the Center for Research on Globalization, environmental modification techniques have been available to the U.S. military for more than half a century. The issue has been amply documented and should be part of the climate change debate. In December of 2019, the UN Climate Change Conference, COP, met in Madrid with delegates from nearly 200 countries. The focus was on greenhouse gas emissions. Under the 1992 United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, quote, every country on Earth is treaty-bound to avoid dangerous climate change and find ways to reduce greenhouse gas emissions globally in an equitable way, end quote. A narrow consensus, which focuses on the nefarious impacts of CO2 emissions from fossil fuel on world temperature. What has casually been omitted from the COP debate is the manipulation of climate for military use. The broader use of environmental modification techniques must be addressed and carefully analyzed. It should also be understood that the instruments of weather warfare are part of the U.S. arsenal of weapons of mass destruction, and their proposed use by the U.S. military against quote-unquote enemies constitutes not only a crime against humanity, but to put it mildly, a threat to planet Earth. Direct quotes from a publicly available 1996 U.S. Air Force document on the use of environmental modification techniques indelibly provide evidence that the threats are real and must be addressed. It should be noted that the U.S. is in violation of a historic 1977 international convention ratified by the U.N. General Assembly, which banned, quote, military or other hostile use of environmental modification techniques having widespread, long-lasting, or severe effects, end quote. 
quote, both the United States and the Soviet Union were signatories to the convention, which was entered into force on October 5, 1978. U.S. mathematician John von Neumann, in liaison with the U.S. Department of Defense, started his research on weather modification in the late 1940s at the height of the Cold War and foresaw, quote, forms of climatic warfare as yet unimagined, end quote. During the Vietnam War, cloud seeding techniques were used starting in 1967 under Project Popeye, the objective of which was to prolong the monsoon season and block enemy supply routes along the Ho Chi Minh Trail. The U.S. military has developed advanced capabilities that enable it to selectively alter weather patterns. The technology, which was initially developed in the 1990s under the High Frequency Active Oral Research Program, HARP, was an appendage of the Strategic Defense Initiative, Star Wars. From a military standpoint, HARP, which was officially abolished in 2014, is a weapon of mass destruction, operating from the outer atmosphere and capable of destabilizing agricultural and ecological systems around the world. Officially, the HARP program has been closed down at its location in Alaska. The technology of weather modification shrouded in secrecy nonetheless prevails. HARP documents confirm that the technology was fully operational as of mid-1990s. It should be emphasized that while the U.S. military confirms that weather warfare is fully operational, there is no documented evidence of its military use against enemies of the U.S. The subject matter is a taboo among environmental analysts. No in-depth investigation has been undertaken to reveal the operational dimensions of weather warfare. The impacts of environmental modification techniques for military use were documented by CBC-TV in the early 1990s. Jean Manning is a journalist who stumbled into a strange world when she started asking questions about alternative energy sources and heard the story of an early 20th century inventor named Nikola Tesla. Tesla is almost a cult hero and an overlooked genius. And he has so many inventions that are at the basis of technologies that we have today. She went to a conference on Tesla and had a close encounter with a mysterious scientific researcher who became her deep throat, her Mr. X. He sent me a file of materials about the uh, Bernard Eastland patent. About a month ago, the U.S. Patent Office granted a patent to a Houston-based scientist, Dr. Bernard Eastland, for an invention which, Dr. Eastland says, could be used to change the weather. Dr. Eastland says the invention could also be used to disrupt communications all over the world and might be used to destroy or deflect a missile attack. The Eastland patents had the ring of the mad scientist aspect of Tesla. Tesla talked about this Tesla shield around the planet and um, talked about particle beam weaponry something called a death ray. Death ray? Jean wasn't sure where all this was leading until Mr. X called again. And he said, the maniacs are actually going to do it up in Alaska. Mr. X's maniacs were in the U.S. Pentagon, and he was convinced they were conspiring to build Bernard Eastland's sky zapper under the guise of a nice little research project deep in the Alaskan bush called HARP. The, uh basic concept is to build a very large antenna, then to utilize a large amount of uh, power and uh, to beam those radio waves 
up into the upper atmosphere. Have you approached the Pentagon with this invention? Yes. And what I'm not at liberty to tell you is the details of what that interaction has been. The CBC TV report acknowledged that the HARP facility in Alaska under the auspices of the U.S. Air Force had the ability of triggering typhoons, earthquakes, floods, and droughts. Concerning weather as a force multiplier, the 1996 U.S. Air Force document, which analyzes weather modification techniques for military use, the underlying objective from a military standpoint is quote-unquote owning the weather. At the time this study was commissioned in 1996, the HARP program was already fully operational. The stated purpose of the report is described as such, quote, In this paper, we show that appropriate application of weather modification can provide battle space dominance to a degree never before imagined. In the future, such operations will enhance air and space superiority and provide new options for battle space shaping and battle space awareness there, waiting for us to pull it all together. In 2025, we can own own the weather, end quote. According to the final report, quote, from enhancing friendly operations or disrupting those of the enemy via small-scale tailoring of natural weather patterns to complete dominance of global communications and counterspace control, weather modification offers the warfighter a wide range of possible options to defeat or coerce an adversary. Capabilities, it says, extend to the triggering of floods, hurricanes, droughts, and earthquakes. Weather modification will become a part of domestic and international security and could be done unilaterally. It could have offensive and defensive applications and even be used for deterrence purposes. The ability to generate precipitation, fog, and storms on Earth or to modify space weather and the production of artificial weather all are a part of the integrated set of military technologies. End quote. From Chapter 2 of the report, subtitled, Why Would We Want to Mess with the Weather? Quote, According to General Gordon Sullivan, former Army Chief of Staff, as we leap technology into the 21st century, we will be able to see the enemy day or night in any weather and go after him relentlessly. Global, precise, real-time, robust, systematic weather modification capability would provide warfighting CINCs with a powerful force multiplier to achieve military objectives. Since weather will be common to all possible futures, a weather modification capability would be universally applicable and have utility across the entire spectrum of conflict. The capability of influencing the weather, even on a small scale, could change it from a force degrader to a force multiplier." End quote. Under the heading, What Do We Mean by Weather Modification?, the report states, quote, The term weather modification may have negative connotations for many people, civilians and military members alike. It is thus important to define the scope to be considered in this paper so that potential critics or proponents of further research have a common basis for discussion. In the broadest sense, weather modification can be divided into two major categories, suppression and intensification of weather patterns. In extreme cases, it might involve the creation of completely new weather patterns, attenuation or control of severe storms, or even alteration of global climate on
on a far-reaching and or long-lasting scale. In the mildest and least controversial cases, it may consist of inducing or suppressing precipitation, clouds, or fog for short times over a small-scale region. Other low-intensity applications might include the alteration and or use of near space as a medium to enhance communications, disrupt active or passive sensing, or other purposes. End quote. Concerning the triggering of storms, quote, weather modification technologies might involve techniques that would increase latent heat release in the atmosphere, provide additional water vapor for cloud cell development, and provide additional surface and lower atmospheric heating to increase atmospheric instability. Critical to the success of any attempt to trigger a storm cell is the pre-existing atmospheric conditions locally and regionally. The atmosphere must already be conditionally unstable and the large-scale dynamics must be supportive of vertical cloud development. The focus of the weather modification effort would be to provide additional conditions that would make the atmosphere unstable enough to generate cloud and eventually storm cell development. The path of storm cells, once developed or enhanced, is dependent not only on the mesoscale dynamics of the storm, but the regional and synoptic global scale atmospheric wind flow patterns in the area, which are currently not subject to human control. End quote. Is the CIA involved in climate engineering? Back in July 2013, MSN News reported that the CIA was involved in helping to fund a project by the National Academy of Sciences, NAS, focusing on geoengineering and climate manipulation. The report not only acknowledged these technologies, it confirmed that U.S. intelligence has been routinely involved in addressing the issue of climatic manipulation. A spokesman for the CIA's Office of Public Affairs said, quote, On a subject like climate change, the agency works with scientists to better understand the phenomenon and its implications on national security, end quote. Although the CIA and the NAS are tight-lipped about what these concerns might be, one researcher notes that geoengineering has the potential to deliberately disrupt the weather for terrorist or military goals. John Pike, the director of GlobalSecurity.org, a Washington-based firm that specializes in addressing emerging security concerns, says that worries about the potential impact of geoengineering aren't as paramount as the potential security issues that could arise if the United States doesn't use the technology. He said, quote, A failure to engage in geoengineering could impact the political stability of other countries, and that could lead to trouble for the U.S., end quote. The NAS project is supported by the U.S. intelligence community, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, and the Department of Energy. GlobalResearch.ca now, as everybody heard recently on the Daily Ruckus, there are wildfires burning on the West Coast and hurricanes bringing torrential rains and flooding to the East Coast. And these events are just a sample of the destruction that a bad churn in the weather can cause. And these occurred in just one month this year, in just the United States. It's no wonder that people have long sought to control the weather. The right amount of sun and rain brings healthy crops, safety, and prosperity. Conversely,
conversely, too much or too little equals starvation and death. In fiction, people can easily alter the weather. The X-Men's Storm, for instance, uses her control of the atmosphere to create tornadoes, blizzards, lightning, and other phenomena. A witch named Jadis brings never-ending winter to the land of Narnia in The Lion, The Witch, and the Wardrobe. And more recently, the movie Geostorm has a modern take with an array of weather-controlling satellites that keep the planet's destructive forces in check. However, in that movie, someone hijacks the system for controlling the weather. Satellites that had kept the planet safe have now been churned into weapons that create tsunamis, tornadoes, and deadly hailstorms. It's all fake, but it does offer a lesson for real life. Like the movie's tagline says, some things were never meant to be controlled, and that probably includes Earth's weather. Weather modification of a sort has been possible since the 1940s. People have also begun to transform the weather in an unintentional way, through activities that have been altering Earth's climate. There is even debate over whether programs should be developed to undo such changes by using geoengineering. The big question, though, is whether changing Earth's weather is a good idea at all. And a bigger question, I suspect, is that if the weather is indeed being controlled, steered, or manipulated, in any way, shape, or form, who or what exactly is doing that? It's pretty mind-boggling and intense enough to consider the fact that disastrous weather events may actually be caused intentionally by human beings towards another human being. It may as well actually be easier to accept the fact that these natural disasters truly are a quote-unquote act of God. And if that's the case, what exactly does that mean? Well, I say we explore that topic further on the next episode, of course. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Thursday, September 24th, 2020. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.